0: we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark. I'm going to get right to it, but there's three goals that I have for today. One is to introduce the idea to you and think with you about spiritual warfare, demons, all the the unclean spirits, that whole thing. Two, to help you think about where do you stand on that? How do you think about that world? And and three, and this is always the case, but that you would find comfort and strength and confidence uh, from your Savior, Jesus. This is the Gospel, so please stand. From Mark, chapter 5, we're going to look at Mark 5, 1 to 20, but today we'll just read the first 13 verses to get us into the account. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he, the man, saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said, some said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Lord God, this is not a topic that we often unpack. This is not a topic that your scripture even speaks often about, but when it does, we want to pay attention. So I pray that you would, make, that you would help me to uh, speak a warning uh, without terrifying your people, that you would al- help me to comfort and give your people confidence without making them unaware of the devil's schemes. Because, Lord Jesus, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world, against the devil with all his demons and, and all his schemes and threats. Lord Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let it be pleasing in your sight, God. You are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As their boat rubbed up on shore and you could hear the bottom of the boat grinding up against the sea of the sand as the disciples, their boat touched the other side of the Sea of Galilee. You could almost hear from the disciples a "Ah." It had been a night. And for many of these disciples, they had been on this boat, on this lake, many nights before this, but it had been a night, a storm, unlike any other. They thought they were going to die, and worst of all, they thought that Jesus didn't care. He was sleeping in the bow of the boat while the storm was threatening to destroy them, and all they could think and say in their hearts to Jesus, they said it out loud to him, too, don't you care, Jesus, we're going to drown. But Jesus did care, you know this. And he calmed the storm and brought the disciples and their boat to this other side of the Sea of Galilee. And so when the bottom of their boat touched the sand and you could hear it's grinding, you could almost hear a, (sighs) And and I wonder how quickly Peter jumped out of the boat and put his feet into the the sand and, and maybe even kissed the ground. We made it! There was such a sigh and a peace and a confidence about the disciples after a moment like that. But then before they even got a couple of strides into the beach, they saw someone in the distance and they heard someone screaming. It was a blood-curdling scream. And a man ran right at them and he fell at Jesus' feet and he screamed at him, Jesus, son of the most high, don't torture us. This man was a sight to their weary eyes. They looked at him and if he was wearing any clothes, he wasn't wearing many. They, they saw everything about him. He was scarred. His, his wrists were bruised and bleeding from where the shackles had tried to hold him, but he was too strong, and he broke the shackles from his wrist. They could see in his legs where he had once been chained, but the chains couldn't hold him either, and they, and they saw where he had taken rocks and cut himself. This man's bed was in a grave, and his pillow was a tombstone. Night and day he cried out, sleepless, blood-curdling screams. See, my question is, what did the disciples think? What did they feel? As they saw this man run toward Jesus, as they took in the scene, as they saw him fall before Jesus' feet and beg him, even demand of him, Jesus, don't torture us. Mark doesn't really tell us what they were thinking, but we do know what they'd seen before. These disciples had been with Jesus, seeing him do these kinds of things. These disciples were with Jesus in the synagogue that Sabbath, way back in Mark chapter 1, when Jesus was preaching and teaching, opening up the scriptures, and there a demon-possessed man, a man with an unclean spirit, stood up among them and started to destroy and, and break up the sanctuary. Jesus kept that man, sent that demon packing. And later that same day, Jesus had seen they had seen Jesus do the same thing when people with demon, who were possessed by demons, came to the place where Jesus was staying. Jesus shushed the demons and sent them out. This was not something new to them, so I doubt that they were afraid. They had Jesus with them. But the more important question for us this morning is, what do you think about it? As you, this is not a new story for many of you. It's an account that we've read and thought about many times before. What do you think about this whole idea of demon possession and people with unclean spirits and spiritual warfare? There are some people, maybe even you, who approach this whole thing very skeptically And scientifically, that's the first fill-in. They think about it from a very rational, enlightened, reasoned way of thinking. They try to think about it from a scientific perspective so that we almost minimize and exclude nearly altogether the idea that the devil and his demons actually do this sort of thing. Did you know that back in 2009, George Barron did a survey among Christians and asked them, what do you believe about the devil? What kind of power does he have? And 60% to a high degree or to a middle degree had this idea in their heads that the devil was just a symbol for evil stuff. He wasn't actually a real being who would do these sorts of things, but he was just a symbol of bad things happening. And what was a little bit surprising to me is reading some commentaries, commentaries that I thought were pretty faithful, who made this whole thing a metaphor. The one commentary said this this legion that was possessing this man was a metaphor for the Roman legion, which was oppressing the whole region. And the Roman legion oppression had troubled this man in his mind so much that he couldn't even stay with people anymore. In other words, they, they dismiss, he dismissed, this commentator, he dismissed the whole idea that this man was really possessed and he made it all a mental disease. Maybe schizophrenic, bipolar, or something like that. There, there are some, maybe even you, who, who push this to the side scientifically and skeptically that they just, Mark just didn't know what we know about the way our brains work. There are other people, maybe even you, who are quite interested and even intrigued by the idea of the spirit world. Now, this is not, this is a second fill-in. This is not a sermon series that's meant to explore all of this stuff, but, but maybe I can just make a list with you of some of the ways that we're really interested in these things. Did you know, don't, Google it, because I want you to stay away from this as far as you can. Did you know that you can buy a Ouija board on Amazon? If you shop for a Ouija board, don't do it. Don't do it. We don't want to mess with these things. But you can buy a Ouija board, which is, which is not a game, but it's treated like a game where you can ask the sp- unclean spirits, the devil, questions, and it will give you answers. You can find that on Amazon. You can buy a pack of tarot cards and learn how to turn them and read them and tell people's futures. You, you, can, visit, you can visit, in New Orleans, you can visit a voodoo. <laughs> That's not, you can learn from someone who does voodoo. You can visit a fortune teller. You can have somebody who can read your palms. You can learn somebody who can tell you your future by looking at the stars, astrology, Right? Did you know that you can get a Ph.D. in parapsychology? Or, or you can get a degree and learn how to do paranormal research? It's an academic thing. What I'm getting at is some people, maybe even you, are very curious about and interested in and almost treat it like it's a game, something that we should be interested in to learn more about. And there are other people, so there's, there's this spectrum, skeptical and scientific, intrigued and interested. Here's the third fill-in. There are others who are, who are terrified and afraid. There, there, are, there are people, and maybe you know them, I've met some of them. There are people who everything is demonic and everything is of the Spirit. If I lost my job, it's the Spirit's. If grandma got sick, it's, it's the spirits. Everything behind everything is, is real and scary. Like th- this whole idea of, 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 I'm trying to think, I, can't, I have all these kid movies in my mind right now that are playing. A lost soul trying to find a body. A, a demented Bruno trying to, uh, this whole thing disturbing the peace, right? The spirit world. Right? Or, or you have to keep a picture of somebody so your, your ancestors don't depart from the spirit world. Some of you know the movies I'm talking about. They're, they're cute movies, but for some people, they're terrifying because those kinds of things are all too real. My question is, where do you fall on the spectrum are you, on the one hand, interested and afraid? Or interested, or, sorry, here's the spectrum. Skeptical and scientific. Where, where, where because we're so smart now, we're so reasoned and scientific now, where we know ourselves so well now that, that this, is, this is just not something. And, and even if we accept, which, which I think we do, we're, we're Bible-believing people here, we accept that it happened then, we maybe think, well, it doesn't happen now. Or or maybe are you in the middle somewhere where you're interested and intrigued? Where I just want to learn more, I'm curious. This could be fun. Or are you just plain scared by this whole idea of talking about the spirit's world, the unclean spirits and demonic things? Mark doesn't want us to be afraid, Jesus doesn't want us to be afraid. But he does want us to take this seriously. See, I want you to understand what Mark is doing in his gospel. Mark makes it very clear that this is not just some unscientific, unreasoned thinking about the spirit world. It's not that Mark didn't know what was going on. Mark makes it very clear that this was not just a mental disease. First, count the power and the strength that this man had. Matthew actually tells us there were two demon-possessed men here on the mount, here on the other side of the lake. Mark talks about just one, but this is what Matthew tells us. They were such a force that people couldn't pass that way. They they were like the troll on the bridge who just stopped everyone from passing through. Mark tells us about their power. And and this man that that Mark tells us about, they bound him with shackles. And what did he do with them? He tore him right off his wrist. And they tied up his legs with chains, and what did he do with them? He broke them right off his legs. No one could subdue him. No no amount of people dogpiling the guy would be able to hold him down. He was crying out night and day, sleepless. Mark makes it very clear just by the details that he shares that this is a real man who was possessed by an unclean spirit. And secondly, notice the witnesses. If we were to be alive then and you talk to anybody in the town, they would be able to tell you, maybe even show you the bruises where they were bruised because they tried to hold them down and they couldn't. See, Mark wants us to take this very seriously. And I'm not trying to get us to read into things and to see things that aren't necessarily there. But it is good for us to realize that the devil is our enemy at every step of the turn, every step we take. I don't know if I'm right or not. I can't prove anything. But I remember picking up my kids when they were little in the middle of the night when they were having night terrors. Parents, you maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. And you looked into their eyes and they weren't there. And this is my experience. And I'm not saying this is demonic, but this is how I thought about it at the time and how I still think about it to a certain extent. And I would pick up my kids and I would hold them close because I wanted to wake them up, but I also wanted to keep them safe. And then I would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And this is what scared me. They yelled louder. I don't know if there's something spiritual behind it, I don't know if it's demonic or not. But I told the devil to get out of there when I was singing. This is what I know. And this is what the scriptures make plain. Ephesians six twelve. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It, it's, it, there's, a, there's a spiritual world that we cannot see that is at work in every part of our lives behind everything trying to destroy us so we have to take this seriously and I'm not saying that the night terrors were something demonic I'm just saying that's what I thought about and I knew that Jesus was my savior and my child's savior too and the second thing I want to say is Let's not invite him in. <laughs> That's why I said before, please don't Google Ouija boards. I'm not going to do a lot of research on the internet or reading a lot of books to learn more about this stuff. Let's, let's not open up the door of our hearts in any way for the devil to trouble us. Again, I don't know if this is the case. But this is the way I read the situation. I knew a woman who participated in astral travel which is an out of body spiritual experience. She participated in astral travel. Her psychologist called it gave it a mental disease disorder. And maybe it was. Maybe that's all it was. But for the rest of her life she was tormented and afflicted and had trouble believing the gospel of Jesus. And I think at least part of it had to do with the fact she opened up her heart to the demonic things. Right? We should take them seriously. Let's not open our hearts to these things. But let's also be unafraid. Listen, we tell our kids not to touch a hot hot stove. But are you afraid of a hot stove? Right? We use a hot stove to cook our dinner. We tell our kids not to touch the fire because it's hot. But well, we make s'mores over a fire. And I'm not saying we should try to use the demons for our own purposes. That's please don't go there with my metaphor. But I am saying, don't touch the fire, but also don't be afraid of the fire. Right? Let's not let's be unafraid of the devil and his demons and their effect and influence in every part of our lives. Mark doesn't want us to be afraid. I don't, this is one of the hard things about reading, the, reading Mark that's maybe hard to pick up on, but the Gospel of Mark starts with this way. John the Baptist says Jesus is going to come and he's going to have the Holy Spirit, the pure Spirit. And then Jesus is baptized, and the Holy Spirit comes on him. And what's the first thing that Jesus does? The Spirit, Holy One, sends him into the Spirit to do battle with the unholy one. Who wins? The Holy One. Jesus, powered by his Holy Spirit, overcomes and defeats the devil's temptations. And when the unclean Spirit shows up in the synagogue, when Jesus, the Holy One, powered by the Holy Spirit, is there, who wins? Jesus, powered by the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and again and again and again. And, and I don't know if this is a thing or not, but Mark seems to bookmark it. Jesus comes with the Holy Spirit to, and he casts out demons. And at the very end of Mark, Jesus sends out his disciples to do what? Cast out demons. Jesus has all the power and all the might by his Holy Spirit to triumph over the evil one. See, were it not, here's the, last, the next villain, were it not for the power and mercy of Jesus of Nazareth, their people of God, if our Savior Jesus did not intervene and stop, us, stop the devil from hurting us or afflicting us or possessing us, we too would be naked and cut up living among the tombstones. But the devil is no match for our Savior Jesus. Your Savior Jesus, what he did on the cross is he, we're going to read about this next week, he, he stepped on. He stepped on the head of the serpent, that devil. And he crushed his head. And he, and he threw, and he, and he put him on a leash now. And one day he'll throw him in prison Forever. And dear people of God, by that same Spirit that came down on Jesus, God has set you free from the kingdom of darkness. Did you know that our fathers, our Lutheran fathers, Christian fathers even, have spoken about baptism as an exorcism? Because what's happening? By water and the Spirit, the Holy One, We are being transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God. We are being cleansed of everything unclean and being filled with the Holy One, the Holy Spirit of God. We are, dear people of God, children of God. Can you sing it with me? Go to the next slide. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no will, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still Scowl fierce as he will He can harm us none He's judged, the deed is done One little word can fail him That word is Jesus, and he has felled the devil. Amen. Amen. Now, the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with with you. Amen.